by Riverside. tell you what man i am hoping right now as we are rolling into season two episode three of garage takes that we got our audio stuff figured out so i'm i'm feeling confident i'm saying that right now as we're recording it not actually publishing it but um i think we're i think we're getting a lot closer and um once again if you have not if you want to support the podcast and we know many of you have and we greatly appreciate that make sure that if you are listening right now that you subscribe or follow it's free to do so by the way it's not going to cost you anything hit that subscribe follow button leave us a five-star rating hey maybe even leave us a nice review we would greatly appreciate that as we are trying to grow the podcast and for those of you that are just kind of tuning in or maybe you're starting to dial into football season a little bit uh we are we have been going every two weeks or so recording our episodes and we'll probably do another one in a couple of weeks and then Brant you want to get into this every week right like once football season starts we're we're here we're dialed in yeah we're going to be here every week for you uh we'll be going over all things football we'll obviously get into a little bit of basketball later on in the season and stuff like that so don't forget about that but it's going to be mostly football driven we're going to be talking about all things NFL Michigan football Michigan State football we'll have everything you need yeah absolutely and man i i don't know about you but this week in particular it's i mean you've got NFL training camp underway you've got college football underway this is just an exciting time like i I think I sent you, Brant, that meme the other day that was like, I can't wait until I wake up to Lee Corso telling me exactly what my day <laughs> and plan is going to look like. Like, we are so close, dude. I'm I'm beyond beyond ready for some football. And like you said, dude, does it not seem like the, se- the offseason is just dragged on this year? I don't know what it is. It's dragging on, Dave, and I think it's it's got something to do with Michigan football being really good last year, and we're excited to see what they can do this year. Um, I know in seasons past, it's kind of been kind of a, a death march, if you will, coming into the season, being like, okay, September. I know you've said it a bunch of times, September heroes, let's go, September Heismans, let's hand them out, and then all of a sudden October hits, and we're all sad, but uh, last year was just so such a good time. I think we just want to run it back so bad, so I think that plays a little bit into it as well, man. Yeah, I I agree. I think that it just seems like, yeah, I I I feel like you hit it on the head. Like last year, man. If I go back to like our first episodes we were recording, it's like I I in particular was so just ho hum about Michigan football and just so over it to be honest with you. And I mean, I'm never over it. I'm always gonna tune in, but just so over it. And then the season happened, and it was just awesome. I'm just so – it's just reignited my passion for Michigan football. So I, I'm excited, and we're going to spend – we're going to wrap up today's episode, actually, with some specific Michigan football stuff. But just to kind of preview the episode, we want to talk a little bit of the, the Big Ten West division. We'll definitely get into the East, you know, as we get closer to the football season. Obviously, we're, you've got to talk about what Ohio State looks like, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, all of that. Um, but we can't forget about the West Division. And last year, we, you know, Michigan played Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. And there's a few teams, you know, Iowa's not favored to to win the West. So we want to talk about just what the West Division is shaping up like here at the beginning of August. 
Um, we also want to talk about just around the um, around the NFL right now. Just some. I don't want to just like some headlines, some storylines going on, Brad. I just want to kind of pick your brain a little bit on those. And um, in addition to that, I want to um, I want to hear just some of the, some of the Michigan football heroes, if you will. Like I want to hear who's like the player names that you want fans to be aware of as we go into the season. Maybe some that people are aware of, and maybe some that they're not aware of yet. So I want to wrap up with that. Uh, you ready to get into it? Yeah, man. Let's get into it. All right, let's go. So Big Ten West. Brant, Wisconsin is favored to win it. Um, what sticks out? Let's start at Wisconsin. What okay. sticks out about their team? Well, you go back to the Graham Mertz situation. And last year, I was carrying that flag for him. I was like all in on Graham Mertz. I think, Dave, you even called me out on the pod. You were like, I don't know about that, man. You seem awfully high on one Graham Mertz that's had like maybe two good football games in a COVID year. And um, I was proven completely wrong. Um, So definitely, I I think my I think my take aged well with that man. Is Graham Mertz the guy this year? I mean, I I don't believe I don't believe until I actually see it this year. I'm not buying into all the hype this year. I'm kind of off the Wisconsin train. Um, Dave, who is that running back that they had? I mean, he's a monster. Braylon Allen, and he came on huge at the end of the year. Yeah, Yeah. he's going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, he is just another one of those Wisconsin running backs that's just going to ground, pound and ground you uh, until there's nothing left. It feels like they're just going to give that kid 30 carries, and he's going to up with 200 yards and, I don't know, a handful of games or whatever it's going to be. Um, but definitely, the thing to think about Wisconsin, though, is their schedule is tough. It's one of the tougher schedules out of the West. Uh, I know for sure they have to go to Columbus, uh, and I can get in a little deeper on on the other ins and outs of the schedule. But I can just tell you that it doesn't look as nice as some of the other Western uh, division schedules. Uh, what's your thoughts on Wisconsin, Dave? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're, they're favored for a reason. I think Braylon Allen is going to be one of the uh, best running backs in the Big Ten. It's going to be a high draft pick. He's a good good player. But I'm kind of with you. I'm not. I'm not putting my money on Wisconsin. I mean, I think that's a safe play in the West this year. Um, I'm not particularly high on Iowa. Um, if they don't get their offense figured out, and I know, like, is Spencer Petras coming back this year? Is he their, is he their quarterback? Is there a competition going on in Iowa? I think there or? is a competition. I think there is okay. a competition, but uh, I, I think they are leaning Petras, which I know a lot of Iowa fans. I, I listen to a couple different Iowa uh, just calling shows or whatever, and people are not happy that they have decided to go again. Kirk Ferentz has decided let's roll with this average quarterback type again. I mean, the thing is, they don't really throw the ball anyway, so it, yeah. you know, it's. Uh, I, I'm not super high on Iowa. I mean, Michigan will get their taste uh, here at the beginning of October, but I, they're they're not sticking out to me. You have another thought on Iowa? No, I have an, I have that thought on Wisconsin. So I did just oh, go look okay, at their yeah. schedule, and I and I think this is why I was leaning someone else in the West is because you have trips to Columbus, you have trip to East Lansing, and you have a trip to Iowa City. Now oh, yeah. those are oh, three. Yeah. <laughs> those are three. Yeah, right. Yeah. The shots have yeah. been fired. Yeah. So or the I was that the is that the thunder? That's the thunder, man. Okay. That's a. That, yeah, I hear you. That that could be daunting for sure. Well, and and not to cut you off, but on the flip side of that, a team that maybe doesn't has a more favorable schedule from what I'm looking at, it's got to be Purdue. 
Um, Absolutely. You nailed it, man. That's exactly where I was going. Purdue has a tasty schedule. I think you definitely could see a race between, and you can make good money on this if you're a gambling person. Here comes the Purdue hype train. There it is, man. Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell, man. And Jeff Brom, great coach. I think he's an underrated coach. Definitely one of the most underrated coaches in the Big Ten. And we're talking about a team here that, Dave, they do all sorts of offensive tricky stuff. They're always, I mean, if you watch Michigan's offense last year, I would consider Purdue Michigan light is what they were. They were running flea flickers. They're running reverses. They're running screens. They have athletes all over the place. Um, don't forget they produced a guy like Rondale Moore. So they get athletes, man. And um, I don't know, Purdue can be a tough, tricky place to play sometimes. And uh, you have Penn State opening there on the first game of the season. And that's going to be a really, really tough place to play to open yes, your season is. if you're Penn State, especially on a Thursday night. People are going to be hyped. It's a national, nationally televised game. It's going to be a big deal. And I would not be surprised. I mean, the money line on Purdue is like plus 135. So we're talking, it's a very close number there. It's three points, if that, as of right now. There you go. I mean, I, I, Purdue is the team that I kind of want to bring to the segment and say, keep your eye on Purdue. Um, I... I don't know if I feel comfortable tossing money on them winning the Big Ten West, but it's kind of a toss-up, man. I mean, you're looking at Wisconsin as a favorite, Purdue probably close behind them. We've talked Iowa's always going to be in the mix. And then maybe a little sneaky pick there is, you know who I'm going to say, Brant? I already know you're going to say Minnesota. I knew you were going. And you know what? They have a favorable schedule, too. They do. They do. They don't don't see Ohio State. They don't see Michigan. They have a trip to East Lansing, but their trip to East Lansing's early. Maybe you can get them. Who knows? But either way, I feel like that's a tough test. You get out of the way early. And then who comes to town, Dave? Purdue comes to town the week after. So we're talking, as you as the schedule lines up for you, that is a perfect team to get in right at that moment. So Well, well and, and Minnesota brings back Tanner Morgan, right, at quarterback. And right. um, he had a very good year uh, a couple of years ago. Maybe it was 2019, actually. Um and I know, and I forget the guy's name, but their offensive coordinator who was there that year, he he left, but he's back this year. And right. Tanner Morgan had his best year under him, so he's back in the mix. You also bring back stud running back, and I think his name, Mohamed Ibrahim, something like that. Ibrahim, um, correct. Yep, you got yeah, it. Ibrahim, he, he's... He's going to be a stud too. So Minnesota's a sneaky little pick there in the in the West as well. Um, Brant, I want to so sticking with college football, um, and I forgot to preview this here at the the intro to the to the college football segment. But outside of the Big Ten, what games are you kind of keeping a keeping a close eye on this year? Like, what are you really looking forward to as you start to preview just the schedule Saturday each Saturday? What game? What are a few games that stick out to you? And I'll kind of tell you, like, yeah, I have that one circled as well. Dave, so let's start with, I, I know right where your mind's probably going already. Week one, what could be better than Notre Dame traveling to Columbus to open up against the Buckeyes? I mean, we're talking Marcus Freeman. You're talking Ryan Day coming. I, okay, let me make this quick point about the Buckeyes here. Coming off of a loss against Michigan – You do beat Utah in a Rose Bowl. That was a great game. But also, who cares if you're not in the playoff, right? We're kind of at that attitude now where if you don't make it, it's cool you won the Rose Bowl. But if you're not really a fan of that team, you don't care, right? 
Like you're not right. really tuned into that game. So think about this. They come off, they lose to Michigan. They don't win the big 10 turn around and you lose to Notre Dame on that opening weekend. And you have a trip to East Lansing waiting for you at the beginning of October. I mean, who knows what can happen? And Ryan Day, there's already – he's only lost like two – one. I don't know how many Big Ten games. Not very many at all. But his seat gets real hot real quick there in Columbus. I'm just saying, you lose this game, it's not going to be a good look. What are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, especially Marcus Freeman. Former, uh, he's a Buckeye alum himself. Um, he, he's going to bring some tenacity to that game. Now, that's his first regular season game that he's going to coach as a Notre Dame head coach. I think he's under a lot of pressure, too. I have it circled, absolutely. My, my, my gut tells me, and maybe I'm taking the easy way out, I, I think that Ohio State may come out in a vengeance to start the year, um, and it may be too much for Marcus Freeman. But we'll see. I mean, honestly, Notre Dame arguably has one of the best offensive lines in the country. Ohio State, their de- defensive line has been in question. Like last year, it was a problem. Hassan Haskins ran for five touchdowns on them. I, I think that matchup is intriguing. The game's going to just be a good one to watch. But Brant, another one that same weekend, and we were texting about it the other night, Oregon, Georgia. Yeah. And, and you are very intrigued by that. Yeah, I love the Oregon-Georgia matchup, um, mostly because Dan Landing comes over, Oregon's new head football coach, uh, former Georgia defensive coordinator, right? Um, gets his big shot with the Ducks. And I texted you yesterday, Dave, about an article that I had read where he had said, we are nowhere near ready for Georgia. I don't know if that's some sort of bait he's pushing. I don't know if that's a real shot at his team. I don't know if that's a, hey, rah, rah, fire you guys up right now in this moment. But I don't I don't think that this is going to be an Oregon team that's going to lay down and just get beat here. I, I expect this to be a very good game. I expect it to be a very close game. And um, it's going to be a tough place for them to travel to, Oregon. I think they're playing at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, maybe in Atlanta. I think it's a yeah. neutral field game. Considered a neutral field game, it's still in Georgia's in backyard, Georgia. man. Right, it, right. <laughs> right. So um, either way, I think that Georgia's going to get a little more that they can handle. And also, Dave, Georgia is filling in, like, what, seven, eight positions on the defensive side of the ball that, I mean, sure, you've got four, four or five-star guys that you're going to try to plug and play there, but until it gets real, it's not real, you know? So, um, and Oregon's bringing back some guys, too, that are going to be very dangerous. Well, I think Georgia is going to still have a good defense. I think they're going to still have a very good defense. I think what people need to realize and remember is that that Georgia defense last year was historically good, um, historically good. And they, many of them have exited to the NFL, many of them in the first round, second round, third round to Kobe Dean, right? I mean, I, you know that there's talent there. You know Kirby Smart can get it done. He's, he's, he's proven that he can do that. I think that defense will be good. Um, I still don't know how Georgia fans feel about Stetson Bennett. He just won a national championship. Is Stetson Bennett Cade McNamara? <laughs> I mean, I would like to say. I would I like mean, to. I'm say, just telling you, man. You look at the Georgia fan base and, and then the Michigan fan base. There's some parallels here. There really are, and I, I know people like to throw around the the term game manager. I don't think there's anything really wrong with a game manager, and we'll get into that in the later conversations about JJ and Cade and stuff like that. But as far as Stetson Bennett goes, it's the old Bill Belichick saying, man, do your job. 
and he has done his job, and good for him. But maybe if this offense needs to score some more points this year, you might see that fan base turn a little bit on him, and you know we might need some more action. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that'll be an interesting one. And just one more that I have uh, circled here, and then I'll kick it over. I know you have a few more than I do. We mm-hmm. talked. I actually brought this up. Uh, we talked about this maybe even on our first episode. This so October eighth. I'm just looking at the schedule here. I think Bama's going to roll here, but this is when you get to see Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M go play you can't against help Nick Saban yourself, and Alabama. Can you you no, cannot dude, help I, yourself. That is the – I'm telling you, that is the game to keep an in, in, in eye on. And I just think it – once again, Bama – Bama's – I they're going to roll. I just think that there's going to – the blood's going to be boiling in that game. And I love games like that. Like, that's what you get up for right there. So – Absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, I think Bama's going to roll here. Um, I love the fact, though, that you have this in college sports. You have two guys that genuinely I feel like you could you could tell their hatred was there. They, they will come out and say all the nice things, but you know Nick Saban was pissed as all hell that he came out and said, you want to get into the skeletons, Nick? You want us to clean out your closet? I don't think so, man. So why don't you go ahead and shut up? Like – that that was yeah. straight fire from Dude, Jimbo that, Fisher, I, I, and I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, that. Nick's not Nick's Nick's got that one circled, and I I feel like you don't want Nick Scaven to uh, to circle your name on his list. So right, right. Um, he, but I mean we're t- we're talking about a Texas A&M recruiting class that's going to be in its second year. I don't know if you can expect a ton from it, Dave, but I do know that it's going to start turning the corner and this team's going to be pretty good here soon. Yep. Yep. I, I, I would have to agree with that. What other ones you got on your calendar? All right, Dave, I just want to make one more uh, week one. Um, one game. I want to put this under radar is the Utah at Florida game. Now the PAC 12 has been kind of meh, so to speak lately, as far as getting a team into the college football playoff or having a good run, whatever you want to say. But Utah, obviously, Dave, they won the Pac-12 last year. They went to the Rose Bowl. They gave Ohio State all they could handle. Um, they should have won that game, by the way. They, they should have won that game. They were churning a lot of pieces as well. And, Dave, Kyle Winningham, we all know he's one of the best coaches in college football. Gets it done. I, it's funny you're bringing up Utah. I had the Utah-USC game uh, circle mm-hmm. just because, you know, the Lincoln-Riley factor going to USC. I'm high on Utah. They return a lot of uh, starters, too. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up too, Dave, was you have Oregon traveling to Georgia, you have Utah traveling to Florida. Now that's a Pac-12 SEC kind of matchup weekend in the first weekend. So if you if you talk about Pac-12 has a good showing, that could be really good for the future of that conference as a whole, right? Like, yeah. hey, we are going to have Utah going forward in the future. We're going to have Oregon go ahead in the future. And we just beat two legit SEC teams. You know, who wants to come join us over here when USC and UCLA ultimately leave for the Big Ten? So I just want to put that out there because I think it's really interesting if Utah can go out there and have a good showing. Um, also, don't forget the fact that Urban Meyer once left Utah for Florida as well, playing into the uh, fire into that feud. Yeah, you aren't kidding. You aren't kidding. So any, any other games here before we shift in the NFL no, that you want to draw I think, some attention to? 
No, I think once you get into the weeds of it, we're talking like conference games and things like that, which we will go over throughout the whole season. But I think the non-conference stuff can be really fun. So uh, I just wanted to break a few of those down. For sure. Okay, man. Can I, I want to take you through a little segment that I'm going to be calling Around the League. And Around the League, specifically, what I'm talking about is the NFL. So can we get into that for a second? Let's do it. All right. So shift into the NFL um, and just a variety of topics. I just want to know your thoughts. I'm just, we did not rehearse this and you don't know what I'm about to ask you, but I want to hear your thoughts on a few things. So first of all, Brant, I don't want to get into the weeds of the Deshaun Watson thing, what he did or is accused of doing. Um, we don't need, we don't need to get into to that, but I want to get into specifically his suspension. So the NFL, after they have fumbled the ball, several times in the handling of discipline, right? And going back to the Ray Rice incident, they have now shifted the discipline policy where they are putting it in the hands of an outsider, a third party. And so, and I don't have uh, the judge's name. I was a female uh, ex-federal judge who oversaw this and um, handed down, after reviewing the entire case, uh, a six-game suspension to Deshaun Watson um, as he's now a Cleveland Brown. And Brant, now the NFL is set to appeal that six-game suspension. Like, that wasn't enough. And I'm not even – what I, I'm not trying to argue or bring up the conversation of, is six games enough? Was it not? Was it – like, I'm not trying to get into that. But the NFL now reinserting itself to appeal the six-game suspension. you have any thoughts on that? Because I certainly do. <laughs> Let me just start by saying – Roger Goodell has always done what Roger Goodell wants to do. I think he got into this arbitration business so he could kind of recuse himself. And if someone were to side with him to say, hey, it's going to be 12, 14, 16, 17 games type, he might just leave it alone. But if it goes six, he's ultimately going to be the judge, jury, and executioner of the situation. So I think this was the whole time was set up to, well, I can end up looking good if I get my way with it and it's the amount of games that I want and we want as the NFL. If not, I'll make the ultimate ruling anyway and I'll give him 16 games or 17 games, whatever it's going to end up being. My personal opinion, Dave, he's going to throw the, he's going to throw it at him. He's going to throw the book at him. I yeah, think but what gonna... are they talking about in indefinite suspension? What does that even mean? Indefinite <laughs> It means that you you work for us, and we will tell you what to do. And when oh, yeah. I've had, my, I, I know you get that, but I'm just saying I, he yeah. loves the he loves the power. It is a power he trip, does. really. It, it is a really power trip. Is. My my and annoyance. Jay, go ahead, go ahead. I, I'm just gonna say this real quick because for people that don't know the background of the situation, this goes back to the collective bargaining, and when the players made their deal back in 2020 or whenever it was, they signed that Roger Goodell gets final executive decision on all these matters. And they gave up a lot of bargaining and a lot of, you know, resources when they did that. So now Roger has the ultimate power. It's just to, to me, I, I don't understand. I can't wrap my head around the NFL said, Hey, basically has said, we have not handled these situations. Well, um, they've been under fire, man. You kidding me? This is not about having women's backs or women's rights. Let's not Roger Goodell. Let's not pretend like that's a priority of yours. You're looking at owners around the league that have been accused and convicted of some pretty disgusting things. So let's not play that, play that card. But what's annoying to me, Brant is you came up with the process, right? And you're right. Roger Goodell is going to, whatever. Let me, 
they came up with the process and they said, hey, let's bring a third party in. We have been under so much scrutiny with the way we have handled these situations. Let's bring a third party in. So they bring said third party in. You get the suspension. Whether you agree or disagree with it, shouldn't they just take that for what it is and move on? Because now now it's getting messy again. Now what what's the deal with the third party thing? And if, if you weren't going to take what the suspension was that they handed to you, then why go through the process? Why go because, through it? If, because he ultimately thought this judge is probably going to rule in my favor. And then when it didn't happen, he thought, well, I can do whatever I want anyway. So it doesn't matter. It's my league. It's our league as the owners and they're going to flex their muscle. And Dave, you know what? It is BS that the owners get away with whatever they want. But when it comes to the players, it's a total double standard. Right. And the and players I'm not... sign the deal though. The players sign the deal though to give Roger Goodell that power. So Right. And I and mean, I'm not in the business. I am not defending Deshaun Watson by any right. means. By any means. That is hear me out. That is not my defense. My defense is what is the NFL doing? Are you the disciplinarian or are you not? Let's not play around and say we want a third party to do this, but if we disagree with you, well, then we're just going to do what we want anyways. It's a waste it's a waste of everybody's time. So, that whole situation is just just annoying to me but it is a um, double standard it is a double standard though agreed yeah. completely all right so moving on here to some more positive things um let's hit the lions for a second so brant we are recording this early this week actually before hard knocks debuts on the lions uh, who's been there during training camp are you going to be watching that I'm just curious yeah i'm going to be watching it i saw did you see the jamal williams clip today Dude, I that was actually my <laughs> next follow up question was Jamal Williams, this leadership role. Dude, how can you not like Jamal Williams? I mean, I loved him last year just because he was goofy and kind of funny, and uh, he seemed like he wanted to be in front of the microphone and take questions. When there's a lot of Lions players that don't like to do that because they get a lot of scrutiny. So I, I really like Jamal Williams, and he's got a great personality. It's he cool just, because he's a great guy. Yep, and when he came over from Green Bay, that's like what I read from all like Green Bay fans and media personnel where you're going to love this guy. Um, and for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, Jamal Williams, backup running back to DeAndre Swift, uh, ex-Packers uh, backup running back, he is basically given this emotional speech in the huddle here at, uh, at training camp and is like basically brought to tears of just how much he's like, just his passion for the team and for the game and how just the losing that they did last year, how unacceptable it was. And I mean, it was inspiring, man. Like for anybody that's an athlete, like, or into sports, you can just appreciate the enthusiasm and the passion that this, that this guy has. So I loved personally seeing somebody just take on that leadership role for the lions. And I don't know if Jamal Williams is the guy, but Brant, when's the last time you saw a passion like that? Like, I don't know. Some people would say Stafford, like Stafford did it in his own way. This felt different to me. I I don't know. I'm taking a clip that was viral on Twitter that's going to be on HBO Max. I get it. but And I know I'm overreacting. But speaking to the culture and the change that's happening with the Lions, and we've talked a lot about that, something feels different, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely feels different. I think Dan's, Dan's the guy that starts all that. And I do love watching clips of him, too. Um I did notice that they had three or four guys retire early uh, off the undrafted free agent guys. Um, and I just, I, I liked his quote just saying, you know, the NFL is not for everybody. This isn't, this isn't, 
this isn't just a fun fun league to play in. Like this is a job you come to work, and if you're not here to put in the time and the effort and the work, then we have a standard here. And if you don't meet it, you can't be here. And so I do respect it, and I respect his comments, man. I mean, it's not always fun to see someone get fired per se, or or they just retire at 22 years old or whatever it was. But I think that the culture is starting to churn, and that is some of that when you see people retire early like that. I think that's a part of it, Dave. Yeah, I I, I would agree. And I sticking with the Lions, just one last thing is, and speaking of all the video clips that have been going around, and I know you don't want to buy in too much to you know the training camp hype, but DJ Chark, man, coming off an injury, he seems just rejuvenated to be in Detroit. They're calling him wide receiver one. What do you think about him? Like, is he somebody that we should be excited about? Like, we know we have Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, who had a very good, promising rookie season. You know you're getting Jamison Williams, you know, partway through the season, and he's going to bring a lot of hype. But DJ Chark kind of going in kind of quiet into the season. And maybe, I mean, DJ Chark before injury in Jacksonville was a very good wide receiver. So, I don't know. I'm kind of, I got my eye on DJ Chark as somebody to watch. I mean, I like DJ Chark. I've always liked DJ Chark. You're more of a St. Brown guy. I know you 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 do consider him Debo Samuel. So so that's pretty okay. high praise. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is that. Yeah. I'm ringing the alarm on that. I did not call him Debo. I asked you if if he's a Debo type of player, like a utility type of player. Don't don't you put words in my mouth. But I do love him on Ross St. Brown. I, I do. I'll stick to that. Yeah, I I'll, I'll stand by that. my take. I'll stand by my garage take. Amon Rossing Brown. Keep your I eye had on to wor- I had to work that one in for you because uh, it had been weighing yeah. on me a little bit. Um, anyway, no, I do I do like DJ Chark, and I like the contract that he has. It's kind of a prove-it uh, situation he's in, um, if I remember the contract correctly. But uh, anyway, either way, I know if he can stay healthy, he can be a dog, and that's absolutely what they need at that position because – uh, they need some burners, man, and he can be a burner if he's if he's ready to go. And, and Jameson Williams, and you know what I mean. Jameson Williams yep. is going to be there at some point, and then all of a sudden you're looking at this offense and you're thinking, hey, they can really if we can get someone to throw the ball, we're going to be right there. Yeah, right. That's that's the that's that's the big question. So shifting out of the the Lions, Brant Baker Mayfield gets traded. He's down in Carolina now, battling with Sam Darnold. I read today that QB one is Baker's job to, to lose at this point. Are you, where do you stand on Baker Mayfield? Do you think he's about to, to, I mean, as you're seeing all this turmoil with the Browns right now, the Browns put themselves in this position by, you know, kicking away Baker and bringing in Deshaun Watson. And there's just so much drama surrounding that whole thing right now. Is Baker Mayfield about to go in and just actually have himself a nice little season in Carolina? Or is this like, nah, Baker, Baker is who Baker is, um, and I don't know. I'm just curious to know your thoughts on that. You know, Dave, I, th- I can see Baker Mayfield having a decent year. I don't see anything crazy from him, and I'm not a Baker hater by any means. Like, I, I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I also I've seen him do some things where it's kind of like at his size, at his skill ability, he can fit, he can throw the ball now. Like, don't don't get it twisted. He can sling it. Um, the one thing I do like about I like the team that he's on. I like the fact that he has the security blanket and Christian McCaffrey coming back. He has a nice little receiving core, Robbie Anderson and those guys. 
Um, I think he's got some reliable weapons. I also do like Matt Rule as a coach. I know he hasn't done crazy good things, but I think he is a good coach. Sam Darnold had a nice little start to the year last year, Dave, if you remember. And uh, the division isn't that good. I mean, you can stack up a couple wins against the Falcons. You could probably grab one from the Saints. Uh, you could probably grab one even from the Buccaneers. I mean, it's just it's one of those divisions that I think is very open, and you can grab some games. And they're not going to be – I looked at their schedule. It's not going to be that tough for him to win seven, eight, nine games, I don't think, Dave. I know Baker is not a very likable person. Right. Like I, I understand that he gives off a vibe to people of just like the arrogance and the, I, I, I understand it. Trust me. But is he unnecessarily scrutinized from like, I, I don't know, man. Like I think about Baker and I'm like, he basically was the quarterback that, and I know he was surrounded by talent, but he took in a good defense. Right. And I'm not downplaying the miles Garrett, all, all of that, but he got the Browns. To didn't they make it? Did they make it to the AFC Championship? I'm trying to remember now, but they they made a run at it under Baker Mayfield, they and then lost, he was. Go ahead. They lost to the Chiefs right before they made it to the AFC Championship okay, game. Thank you, Chad. Chad Henney actually won that game for the Chiefs. Go blue. Um, <laughs> so, so my my point is though, like last year, we know Baker had a terrible year, but Baker was also hurt. He played hurt all year. Um, and I mean, you've seen Stafford get those excuses. I'm just saying, like. I, I'm not defending Baker. I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan, but I kind of just keeping my eye on the Carolina Panthers right now and what Baker Mayfield does this season. So, and like you said, Dave, you got Robbie Anderson, you got DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey comes back healthy potentially. Like, dude, I don't know. Dave, I think one of the things that people don't like about Baker Mayfield is just his personality in general. I mean, he's kind of brash. He's kind of frat bro-ish. You know, he just right. – he can, he, and he does carry himself with some swagger, which I don't have a problem with, but it can be a little bit much if you're not winning or if you're claiming that you're hurt and you're, and you're trying to play through it and it just looks all ugly, um, especially on a pretty good Browns team that w- had pretty high expectations in the last couple of years. The OBJ situation didn't help at all. So I, I think right, all of that right, kind of was right. playing a factor. Right, yes, I it's going to be interesting for sure. So I want to know your thoughts on that. And actually, that's a perfect transition and segue here. So my next one was OBJ. So OBJ, we know, tore his, uh, tore his ACL in Super Bowl last year. And he's probably he's not signed right now. His time with the Rams is up. Um, but, you know, maybe halfway through this season, around the trade deadline, he's probably going to be available. He is expected to re-sign with the Rams and figure something else out. But... You know, today something something circulating. Von Miller, who's now with the Bills, put something out, and OBJ was like, "You got room next to your locker room." So, you know, there's a little bit of uh, smoke of OBJ to the Bills. I think it's very clear that OBJ wants to go to a contender at uh, at this point in his career, and, and rightfully so. But I don't know in terms of just like best fit or best fit for opportunity right now for OBJ in particular. Who do you see? Like, do you like that Bills fit? Of course you've got Josh Allen there. Are there any other teams that you feel like would be intriguing for OBJ to land in? Dave, I don't know why I feel this way, but why not the Buccaneers? You know, I I just, I feel like that's someone that Tom Brady would just magically land with. It would all be perfect, and he could grab you. Okay, 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 hold on, (laughs) Brandon. That would mean, you're right, but I'm just going to cut you off. You know what their four wide receivers would be? Mike Evans, 
Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, who they brought yep. in, mm-hmm. and OBJ. Right. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. I, you're right. Why not? And Scotty Miller, of course. But <laughs> Scotty Miller. Poor man's Wes Welker. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, I, honestly, Dave, why wouldn't that work? Or I mean, someone's inevitably going to get hurt, right? So I, he's just not going to land on a team that's going to be like – he's not going to land with the Jets or someone like that that's trying to rebuild or, or try to build something the correct way. He's got to go to a contender. And I just yeah. don't think it's going to be – I don't think he's just going to walk in anywhere that's not a contender and compete with younger guys for catches. I'm I'm telling you right now, OBJ kind of fell into his own with the Rams. He kind of he brings so much drama and attention with him. Um, almost not quite the level of Antonio Brown s, but he just it's just the cloud of drama that follows him. But you know who's willing to uh, pick up that uh, cloud of drama, don't you? You know. Yep, that's Jerry Jones calling, Brant. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, dude. Listen, Jerry Jones is not – he is the – OBJ is, like, literally the perfect Jerry Jones character to, like – he lost out, like, Randy Gregory left. He's like, I got to fulfill – I got to fulfill that that need right now. And so I could totally – you look at Dallas's situation right now where – injuries have just riddled this. You you trade away Amari Cooper for literally nothing. It's a salary cap dump basically to the Browns. Michael Gallup is still not healthy. You basically right now have – you let um, – his name is slipping me, but um, basically you have C.D. Lamb and you have Jalen Tolbert, rookie out of South Alabama, I believe. Like those are your two wide receivers. Noah Brown, like – they could use some help there. I'm just saying, keep an eye on the uh, OBJ to Dallas conversation. It would not shock me in the least to see Jerry Jones do something like that. So, um, Odell, Odell, is that you? I need you down here in Dallas, boy. Good old, well, good old Dak Prescott. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can see it now. Yeah, <laughs> I get All you, right. McGriddle. You're right. <laughs> exactly. All right, Brant. It is, you know, it's training camp time, and it is constantly just, that's it. That's the hype train of all these guys. You're like, this guy's going to be like an MVP caliber talent. I'm hearing a lot of hype about some rookies, and I want to know, Brant, um, really, I want to shift this into fantasy football a little bit. So, Romeo Dubs, you know who he is? Wide receiver playing for the Packers. He's a rookie wide receiver for the Packers, not Christian Watson, who they draft, drafted in like the end of the first round. Romeo Dubs, you're seeing every day, you're seeing the clips, he's snagging sweet touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers. He's getting a lot of love. Sky Moore, another guy mm-hmm. getting a ton of love out of Kansas City. Um, yep. They're tossing him back there in the backfield. He's doing end arounds. He's supposed to be a, a do-it-all type of guy. And then another guy that's just straight up running back who's getting a lot of love is Damian Pierce, um, former Florida running back. For the, and, and I think he was like a third or a fourth round pick to the Texans. He's getting a lot of love. So these kind of guys that you can get late in a fantasy draft, Romeo Dove, Sky Moore, Damian Pierce, do any of those guys pique your interest at all? Sky Moore does. And I watched Sky Moore a little bit in college. Um, I, I really do. I like his skill set. And I think the offense that he's going to be playing in is obviously going to be dynamic. So I think there's a chance there to grab him late. 
Um, if you're in some of those leagues where like you can grab him in the, one of the later rounds and then you can keep him for the next year and around the same round or in the same round you grabbed him in this year, some, some of those type dynasty leagues, then that's a really good guy to grab, I think, Dave. Who do you like? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I'm really, I mean, honestly, I, I, I put these three on here for a reason because I'm actually high on all three just because Romeo Dubs, I mean, his quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams, who Alan Lazard or whatever. I don't even know how to say his name. I am He's so sick of hearing about Alan Lazard. I am Lazard, so yeah, yeah. Wide receiver one. Are you kidding me? Like, of course, Romeo Dubs is probably next up to be like that random dude. That's actually like sweet in green Bay. Um, Sky Moore, he's going into an electric offense, and there's a guy named Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, right. and he's going to be put in a position to be successful there. And then Damian Pierce, um, I drafted him in my dynasty uh, fantasy uh, fantasy league uh, a few months ago, and so I'm just high on him and very happy to hear that he is looking like the RB1 in camp so far. Comeback seasons, though. All right. In fantasy and, and guys that are just dangerous to – Roll the dice on, it seems, right now. Um, and I'm going to start with a couple of guys that have burned me, and, and I know for a fact have burned my buddy Gage, and that would be Christian McCaffrey, CMC, coming off a couple injury-riddled seasons. A guy who's burned me multiple times, Saquon Barkley. I know Saquon played last year. He's coming back. He's getting a lot of hype right now, how good he's looked in camp. Um, outside of those two, though, you've got some guys that are coming off of uh, of injuries that are intriguing names to keep an eye on jk dobbins former buckeye coming back into the ravens, ravens backfield yeah. michael thomas coming back healthy to the saints after all of his drama in the last two years he's apparently looking really good chris godwin for the buccaneers coming off a tour acl looking like he's gonna be ready to go week one derrick henry had a bum ankle last year, and he's just been an absolute stud running back in the NFL. Comeback seasons out of those guys. CMC, Saquon, J.K. Dobbins, MT, Chris Godwin, Derrick Henry. Who's the who's the safe pick right there? You're like, yeah. Or, or maybe not the safe pick, but you're like, I want to roll the dice on this guy this year. My dice are going nowhere near Saquon Barkley. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. Uh, yeah. I have no trust. You've been not, bit by that. I, I, you're in my fantasy <laughs> league. I know you've been bit by the Saquon but, bug. But here's the other thing. The Giants offense does nothing to help him anyway, even if he is healthy. Uh, that That's a whole dumpster fire situation there. But let me get to who I think will have uh, a, a comeback year. Um, I'm going to roll with Derek Henry's almost too obvious for me. I don't like that one. I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins. I think he can be very dynamic in that offense. I, I liked him and the Lamar Jackson feel for each other. Uh, I think J.K. was actually playing really well before he got hurt. Um, so I, he's got he's got burner speed. He's got zero to a hundred type speed on him. So I will take uh, J.K. Did, was it his ACL, Dave? That he t- was yes. it, yeah. yeah. I dude, hate like their injury. entire running back room tore their yeah. ACL in camp last year. Gus I Edwards. I, yeah. I've, I, I I don't know how that affects a running back, I guess. I know a lot of guys come back from an AP being the most obvious, but I really think that he can have a dynamic, awesome year uh, if he's if he's uh, put in the right spots. So I'll take J.K. Okay. I, I was going to go J.K. Dobbins as well, but my oh. number two there, um, I would keep your eye on Michael Thomas. I know Jameis Winston is his quarterback, but Jameis Winston can sling the rock. And if Michael Thomas stays healthy, he dominated the league for the couple years he was healthy. So I, w- I would keep your eye on him. 
Yeah, with right. Drew Brees. Right. Yeah, but Drew Brees with like a dead arm. Like Drew Brees was like forty-two years old. So okay. Yeah. And but, Sean Payton. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Sean Payton. He will be coaching the Cowboys next yeah. year. So all right. Last last thing in terms of fantasy football: quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Brand. I'm going to give you. I'm, and I'm. We are getting tight on time here, and we got one more segment. So I just want to hear. These are multiple choice questions for you. I want to hear your takes quickly. Fantasy quarterback, four guys on the board, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott. Who are you taking? Joe Burrow. Any explanation to that? Just <laughs> Joe Burrow. I, I, I love his receiving core more than any of those other ones. You? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to give who I would take because they're all, all th- three of those guys outside of Burrow I would take. Um, Lamar's hard to pass up in fantasy. Joe Burrow's easily the best quarterback quarterback out of those four, but those other guys run, man. We're talking fantasy football. Okay. Like we're talking fantasy football. Lamar's put on weight. I'm probably taking Lamar there. Uh, Joe Burrow close number two fantasy running back. Okay. Saquon. I already know that he's out for you. <laughs> James Connor, Zeke, David Montgomery. These are running backs you're probably going to find towards the end of the second or early third round in your draft. I saw uh, where's James Conner playing? Is he playing for uh, the Jaguars? Who's he playing for? No, I James Conner is still in Arizona. Is he? Okay, thought so. Okay, um, I'll take. Uh, um, sorry, who are the last two again? Zeke and David Montgomery. I'll take David Montgomery. I don't think he has much competition there in Chicago, right? I feel like he's going to get a ton yeah, of Yeah, Khalil Herbert. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. We'll see. I can see I him know. getting a ton of touches. I don't love any of those. I'd roll the dice on Saquon. Um, fantasy wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Teddy McLaurin, DJ Moore. No, I do love McLaurin. He's so – he's such a good – he's such a good receiver. He's been so screwed over by the commanders. Uh, give me McLaurin. I just like him. Okay. All right. Yeah, I I got to go Michael Pittman here. I already mentioned before oh he boy. is on the my dynasty. on my fantasy, the yeah. dynasy league, but man, you've got a uh, Matt Ryan come to town. Michael Pittman's good, man. Um I I really like him, but I also McLaurin's really good too. So, Deontay John, it's just I I'm really looking at this from a quarterback standpoint, man. McLaurin is re- reliant on Carson Wentz who could not get it done in Indy. DJ Moore, I, he's out for me. I'm I'm good on him, but he's Baker's guy. Deontay Johnson is what relying on Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett. Come on now, so I, I'll take Michael Pittman. All right, fantasy tight end: George Kittle, Darren Waller, Dalton Schultz, T.J. Hawkinson. No, come on, I gotta go with my guy Waller. I just I love Darren Waller. You're just giving me guys that I really like. I love Darren Waller. I think he's dynamic. As a tight end. Okay. All right. Well, Darren, Darren Waller, the only thing that I hit the pause button on, I mean, he's only ever competed with Hunter Renfro, right, for, for touches, basically. But now you're bringing in a guy named Devontae Adams. That could make him a lot better. Like, that could open things up for him. That could also take away touches from him. Um, I, ooh. I probably... I'm going to take George Kittle if he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, I know he's going to have a 
what I would consider still to be like a rookie quarterback in Trey Lance's like first year. Um, but I'm going to take George Kittle. Just he was not a fan to... of that move, by the way. I heard him talk about Jimmy G. He was he was pretty big on Jimmy G. I don't know if he loves the Trey Lance move. Really? Yeah. You didn't hear that? No, I did not. Oh, I did not yeah. hear that. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I am – I. Do you want to save this Michigan football segment for our next episode? What are you thinking? Where we're at on time right now? Uh, no, I think we can run through it in five minutes. I think we can be done right. in five minutes. That's fine. All right. All right. Let's rock this out then. So right. shifting back to college football one last time. Brant, I need to know Michigan football player that you are most excited for on offense. Don't you dare take my guy. <laughs> Not going to. You know who I'm going to go off the radar just a little bit, Dave? Who? Uh, and I know you're going to ask me about freshmen later, but I love C.J. Stokes. I love everything I'm hearing about him. I know he's third on the depth chart. I totally get it. I know he's buried on the depth chart. No, Brant, he's fourth. Okay, third, Tavier fourth. Dunlap is Okay, sure. But you know who I'm talking about, right? Like, I do. I, I feel like this kid has a electrifying future. So... I will take who I'm most excited for because you're going to see a ton of them in the first three games. I went off the map. I stayed away from anybody you can nab. So just go ahead and have the floor, Dave. Okay, for the rest of the segment, just pick who you really, really want. If C.J. Stokes is your guy, that is a bold, (laughs) bold take for player. I'm going to repeat the question. Player you're most excited for on this offense, and you went C.J. Stokes. Okay, let that be be known. All right? Um, Guys, stop it. You, you told me to stay away from stop. you guys. Stop, stop, stop. All right. Donovan Edwards, man. You better watch out. Donovan Edwards is going to be a first or a second round NFL draft pick one day. He is going to be the most exciting football player on offense that Michigan has had in the last 20 years. Okay. Um, uh, maybe last 15 years. I'm, I'm going to toss him up there in the category of his running back coach. And that would be uh, Coach Mike Hart. And I think Donovan Edwards is – you've heard the Alvin kamara S comparisons. I'm not going to go Kamara. Donovan Edwards, that kid is special, and you're going to see a lot of Donovan Edwards this year. Um, I'm also pumped to see Ronnie Bell back. I, I just cannot wait to see that dude back playing football for Michigan. Player you're most excited for on defense. Let's go with Mozzie Smith. I am excited okay. to see. I am excited to see him. I, Dave, to me, I don't know about you. Don't they list him as edge? Mozzie Smith, uh, defensive I, tackle, no, edge, he, they, whatever. Had, he's I've be, seen them both, but I think he's uh, he's going to be playing tackle. I think. I mean, they'll move him around. Just to me, I don't know what he can bring to the table, but everybody raves about him. Like everybody loves him. Everybody talks about him. To me, I look at him, and Ojabo was a little bit of a thicker guy. And Mozzie Smith is pretty thick, but he's not like thick enough to where I look at a defensive tackle and I say, hey, what's going on with him? Like, can he bowl people over? Is he going to be like Nadamakan Sue? I, I, don't, I don't think so. So I just am so excited to see what everyone else is here. Now, I've obviously watched him play the last couple of years and nothing has popped to me, but maybe he pops this year. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. He is a defensive I, leader, though. I, I would agree with that. Mozzie Smith has never recorded a sack. Um, I right. think Mozzie Smith gets his first sack this year. He's got to play a big part in this defense, especially. He really does. I've got. We'll get into this team later, but 
I got major questions up front with the big guys, so you're going to need Mozzie Smith there. I'm going to go Junior Colson, true sophomore, linebacker, stud. I mean, that's an easy pick. Um, there are a lot of guys I'm excited for, actually, on defense, but Junior Colson led the team in tackles. Um, I mean, for the returning players, anyway, that it, that are back on this uh, on this defense. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be an NFL guy one day. Can't wait to see him in his true sophomore season. Brant, freshman that you are most excited to see on offense. Oh, CJ. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Um, All aboard the CJ Stoke pipe train, man. Um, you know, Dave, I, I went, kind of went back and forth on this a little bit because th- I really – I don't know, Dave. There are a couple linemen that I, I'm thinking might get some run here this year. I don't I don't know. I <sighs> All right. Can I jump in? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Keep your eye on Darius Clemens. Wide receiver. Guy is I just I, don't know how he cracks. I just I don't know how he cracks he's going to, to. get in. They'll find a way to get him on the field. You're gonna see him in September too, and I'm telling you. This kid is fast, like lightning fast, and he's big. I think he's like 6'3 or something like that. He He's yeah. a big body guy. He is athletic freak. Darius Clemens is going to be really, really good. So you think he plays over Walker? Amarian Walker? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I love Amarian Walker, too. They're similar type of receivers. Clemens has the burner speed, though. He does. And don't forget about Tyler Smith, too. Dude, they got three stud wide receivers in this class. I understand that. I just – it was hard for me to pick on something because I, I think maybe some of the linemen will get some run, but I just don't see where the receivers are really going to – I mean, maybe you're right about Clemens. Maybe he gets some run, but, I mean, we go four deep in upperclassmen, Dave. So, I don't know. And that doesn't include, like, A.J. Henning. Like, A.J. Right. Henning's got to so, get – yeah. Right. I just so I don't our, see and it's it's tough to say about any offensive player that's going to be a freshman to crack any positions on this team. Okay, fair. Freshman you're most excited for on defense? Uh Deuce Spurlock. And I know that's kind of a a little bit of a reach, but I think that linebacking core is definitely going to need some help. It's going to need some depth. And he's he's kind of been lighting it up from what I've been hearing, so I I am excited to see what he can bring. Okay, I got three guys, Brant, that I Jesus. am excited for. And three. Here yeah. comes Will. Here comes the Will Johnson take. Okay, Will Johnson is easy. Will Johnson is a prototype NFL cornerback, five-star kid. I think he ended up like ranked fifth in this class. Will Johnson's going to be a stud, but that's a that's a that's a cop out. Mason Graham on the defensive line. He's getting a ton of love too. Like he's already ready to play day one, and you don't. I think he's going to be a defensive tackle, and. The, as a true freshman, you normally wouldn't hear the the love around a true freshman defensive tackle. They got to put on weight, the right kind of weight, muscle, yeah. all of that. But I'm hearing his technique and all of that. Very well coached kid. Keep your eye on Mason Graham. I don't know if you're going to see a ton of him this year, uh, but I, I like him. The other guy that's getting a ton of love, Kenneth Grant, named to keep your just keep him on your radar. He yeah. is Jim Harbaugh's, like, Jim's in love with this guy. He's, like, what he called a a gift from the football gods in terms of he runs, like, a 4940. He's, like, 365 pounds. Kenneth Grant's going to be a problem. Maybe not this year, but one day. Um, all right. Last two. Most underrated player on this Michigan offense. 
Boy, I almost feel like you can say Eric All, if that's even possible. And I, I say him because I think he's going to make explosive plays this year where people are going to turn their heads like the Penn State game last year where it's like, hey, man, he just took that thing 45 yards and, and took it into the end zone. I think if you have to say anybody that you're – there is kind of off people's radars right now between the receivers and the backs and even J.J. and Kate and stuff like that, it's Eric All probably flies under the radar that uh, I think could have an easy, I don't know, 500, 600 yards receiving even. So, I like that pick. I, I agree. I think Eric All does kind of get lost in the – You like it better than my C.J. Stokes take? Yeah, that C.J. Stokes take was one of the worst garage takes you have had since we started this podcast, by far. Um, no, I like the Eric All pick. Um, I, I Two guys I keep uh, running back to, underrated. I'm going to pick a center. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't pronounce his yeah. name, but I know yeah, he's from Olu. Virginia. I'm going to call him Olu, yeah. Yeah, I would keep it – not that I want to get hype about a center, but he was like the best center in college football last year, man, or like one of the top two or three. He's gonna, he's gonna be an NFL guy. He is gonna be, I say he's underappreciated because he's an O line guy. I would keep your eye on him, and I would also not forget about a guy. We talked about the wide receiver core, dude. Roman Wilson. Let's not forget about Roman Wilson. He's a like that guy. I just make like a basketball take here. He's like a guy when you just need to go get a bucket. Roman Wilson to go get you a bucket, and and he's gonna catch the football and he's gonna make a play. And he may not be the uh, the sexiest name of the wide receiver core that's out there, but Roman Wilson's going to play a play a key on this offense. Most underrated player on the defense. I'm going to go Rod Moore, and I'm going to go Rod Ooh. Moore because he just he's a, he's a, he was a freshman last year that nobody saw cracking cracking the playing time. And Dave, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of the guy that just goes to work. You know what I mean? Is a quiet kid, just goes about his business, and nobody would have had him cracking any sort of playing time last year going into the season. And, uh, I mean, he was a consistent tackler. He was in the right spots at the right time, and he made plays. Uh, nothing huge yet, but I would expect him to start making a couple bigger plays this year. See, I picked two. For this segment, I picked two or three guys just so just in case you stole my guy. Rod Moore is one of my two. I, I agree with you. I love that take. You've redeemed yourself after the C.J. Stokes pick. Um, I, I would keep your eye also on uh, R.J. Moten. I think R.J. Moten is uh, is going to be a very good player, looking like he's going to be safety back there. And I, I think R.J. Moten's going to have a very, very good season. Man, I try to power through this last one. I am like – it is hot in my garage right now, dude. Yeah, it is like 105 so degrees in here. I, I cannot believe we just made it through this in uh, under an hour. All right, I will – let me, let me just close this out, Dave. Um, let me just close this out. I guess I'll change my CJ Stokes pick to Jake Moody then. If I have to pick someone I'm there really excited for offensively. He's He'll rocking top... just a mustache these days, just so you know. <laughs> He'll be our top scorer. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, because we can't score in the red zone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Brant. Woo! That was... That, that, that was, was fun. A loaded, yeah, that was that was a loaded episode, though. Holy cow! I am ha- we are, it's fifty nine minutes right now. We are making this thing in under an hour. Thank you if you made it all this way. Gosh, we appreciate you. Subscribe, follow, garage takes. We are doing our best. 
every single episode, and it's not always going to be perfect, but you can guarantee we'll give our quality underappreciated and probably not very good takes. See <laughs> CJ <C>. Stokes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week. We will start on the next week train, and uh, we'll be bringing them to you every week. Yes, sir. We'll see you guys next time. Powered by Riverside.